Well, I think, you know, from the beginning, it was um, described as the trial of the century. It, especially for South Africa, was going to be the first trial that was going to be, you know, publicly broadcast live every single day. So it's, it was an eye opener for many people to see how exactly, you know, a trial runs. What are the processes? What, what does the defense need to do in terms of presenting their case? What does the state need to do? So it was a big eye opener for many people to say, actually, when you go to court, it's not like in the movies. You don't just sit there and you plead your case and hopefully get off. But, you know, there's a lot of work that goes into it. We saw also how important it was for the police to do, you know, the investigations and how, um, police work the weight of the police work matters when it comes to the trial because that evidence can be taken apart. So it it kind of made us realize how the justice system works and how important it is for all the arms of the law to work together. And if, um, you know, looking back at this, what would you say were some of the pros and the cons uh, from watching this unfold live before, you know, the broader South African public? Well, I think that old cliche rings true, and that is that justice should not only be done, it should be seen to be done. Um, and as Norma says, I mean, prior to this trial, you know, the majority of our society did not even know what the inside of a court looked like. Um, they did not understand cross-examination or testifying or even the, the, the judge's duties, what the judge wears and, and what happens in court. So from that point of view, it's, uh, it's been great in, in educating society and um, and in giving everyone that, that insight into what happens in our courts on a daily basis. Um, some of the cons obviously can be that, uh, you know, when, when a, a, a trial is televised, it could possibly sway or influence uh, witnesses or, or potential witnesses who still need to come and come and testify. But, uh, you know, that, that could work both ways if, uh, if a witness is swayed by what he or she has seen on television prior to his testimony, then that could also work in the defence's way as much as it can in the state's way. So I think if one had to, uh, to uh, you know, take it all uh, as a whole at the end of the, the trial, I think it was very good for South African justice to have this trial broadcasted largely. Mm. And, you know, in as much as we were captivated by the proceedings as they played out, as uh, the uh, different sides were arguing their case, it was inevitable, wasn't it, that there were going to be comparisons once we got to the sentencing phase of it already? Um, I think the comparison started very, very early in terms of, you know, it seemed as if Oscar Pistorius was getting a lot of privilege, you know. He was being escorted into court by police and um, we've, there's a there's a... A conversation happening, especially on social media, is that your status in society, does it help you uh, get a better deal when it comes to the justice system? A lot of comparisons going back to Jubjub, who, um, you know, was sentenced to 25 years for, cap- for four counts of culpable homicide, whereas Oscar Pistorius was sentenced to five years in the first sentencing hearing. And then the, to yesterday, it was six years for murder. So a lot, of, a lot of comparisons in terms of who exactly benefits from the justice system. Who do you need to be? There's even talks of race as well as um, privilege in terms of wealth. If you have money, does this mean you'll be served better? Mm. Ulrich, what's your take on that? Because, you know, uh, once again, uh, people will say we ought to compare apples with apples. And is it a fair comparison in this instance, the Jupe example, for instance? Well, I think at the end of the day, we must all remember that each case has its own specific facts. Um, you know, Jupe killed 
uh, more than one person. It was in a in a matter where he was um, you know under the influence of drugs and alcohol, and uh, there were other obviously various other factors that played a huge role in that case. Um, just on what Norma said as well, you know, the, the, the first conviction of corporal homicide carried a a sentence of five years, um, but it was uh, under Section 2761E of our of our Criminal Procedure Act, which states that Oscar could qualify for parole after having served only one-sixth of that sentence, whereas the sentence handed down today is, uh, or, or yesterday is one of six years imprisonment. It's in addition to what he's already served, and he needs to serve at least half of that sentence before he can bring an application to be released on parole. So there is quite a big difference in the two sentences, uh, effectively. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, the, the the court was at pains to point out yesterday and Judge Masipa that, you know, uh, the court is not there to serve the, the public opinion and to serve the public perception. And as much as, as we all want to see justice uh, to be done in our own opinion, the court is there to evaluate evidence placed before it and, and to come to a decision which the court deems is, is just and, and fitting. And um, I think, uh, you know, if we to consider all the factors and all the evidence placed before the court, it, there's never going to be uh, absolute satisfaction in society. There's always going to be people who are going to be upset about it and always people who are going to be uh, saying that it's a good sentence. And, uh, you know, that. On the one hand, is a, is a great thing about our legal system and about uh, democracy and everyone's own right to their own opinion. And uh, we're joined on the line now by Head of Communications at the National Prosecuting Authority, uh, Ms. Bulero Amakeke. Thanks so much for speaking to us. Thank you, Sakina. Good morning to your listeners. So following yesterday's sentencing, um, as we understand, uh, you are now weighing your options. What are these options? <laughs> Well, the, the real options are, do we appeal or do we not? Um, and, and, and that is really, you know, the background to that is that you, everybody knows that we've been through a long haul with this trial. Mm. We, we went up to the Supreme Court of Appeal when we appealed against the, the previous conviction, which we felt was very lenient. Um, in fact, even the, the conviction itself was was um, not appropriate, and the Supreme Court of Appeal agreed with us. Um, and and then we went, we came back to where we are now. So now he has been sentenced for murder, which was what we, the NPA had argued for. But is the sentence um, harsh enough? As you are aware, the prosecution to argued very very strongly for at least the prescribed minimum sentence, which is 15 years. Um, of course, understanding that the judge has the discretion to, to, to deviate from that, from that minimum sentence, but um, to, to deviate by a whole lot of, you know, just over nine years that, that has been deviated from the minimum sentence, is, is that satisfactory for... In fact, the question is that, is that satisfactory for the, for, for the society of South Africa? I mean, does everybody find that, that justice has been served? And, you know, and then you also have to weigh up. I mean, do you do you really want to to appeal after everything? I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot of questions that need to be put on the table now by the state to decide the way forward. And how long do you have to make that decision? Well, it, it's the usual term of 14 days to 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 apply for this appeal if you intend to. So it it will have to be very quick.
Ms. Makeke, thank you so much. Uh, and that was uh, Bulelwa Makeke from uh, the National Prosecuting Authority. They're weighing up their options. And again, uh, justice needs to be seen to have been done. Uh, but of course, uh, not necessarily has anything to do with mine or your emotions about this particular matter. Um, it is all very, very strictly legal. So um, minds will be applied uh, to arrive at the correct decision here, whatever that may be and whatever correct may mean in this instance. But Ulrich, when it comes to the sentencing, you were spot on. You said six years. um, How did you know? How did you arrive at that? uh, I think um, a lot of um, experience throughout the years and a bit of guessing at the end of the day. Um, You want to look at... Obviously, the minimum prescribed sentence, and this has been repeated so much over the last two days, but a, a conviction of murder does carry a minimum sentence of 15 years imprisonment, unless the convicted person can show to the court that there are substantial and compelling circumstances, which compels the court to deviate from that minimum sentence. And now the first question, obviously, that comes up in everyone's mind is, what are substantial and compelling circumstances. Mm. So in this case, she said that the fact that he showed immediate remorse um, after the incident occurred, she said it in the in the, in the, in the trial in the high court as well, uh, and that evidence was not really contested by the state. Then secondly, the fact that he attempted to reach out to the Stiencamp family, uh, you know, in order to show his remorse and in order to, to come into contact with them, uh, was an important factor in the judge's eyes. And then thirdly, obviously, the fact that he's already served some of his sentence. Uh, he's been a year in custody as well as almost a year under house arrest. And if you take all of those factors and combine it with the fact that he was convicted of murder, dolus eventualis, in other words, he had indirect intent. Um, the most important point of this entire trial to me is that it's not as if the court found that Oscar decided he was going to kill Rivas Tienkamp, he sat down, he loaded his gun, and he then fired four shots in, in an attempt to kill her, and he succeeded in doing that. It was a case of mistaken identity, um, and, and the Supreme Court of Appeal accepted this version, but it said that even though you had a mistaken identity, you should have foreseen that whatever you did and your actions could amount to the death of another person, unlawfully so, and that you uh, reconciled yourself with that fact and that you still acted accordingly. And that is a, is a definite exceptional and compelling circumstance, um, uh, you know, which, which compelled the court to do that from that minimum prescribed sentence. And if you consider the finding of the Supreme Court of Appeal, it's not that far removed from a person who acts with gross negligence, as he was convicted of in the first, uh, in the trial uh, initially. So, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of different legal opinions and public opinions on what I've just said, but <laughs> if you had to consider all of that, in my opinion, I think that she uh, she handed down a good sentence. Well, do you agree? Do you disagree? 0891-104-208, that's the call-in number. And so many, there were just so many tentacles that, you know, arose from this particular trial. Women, 
were placed under the spotlight. The gender issue came into it. And and I remember somebody actually sending me an email talking about the way in which female journalists actually covered this trial being problematic as well. Yes, Norma? Um, and, and, and here's one uh, that says it's from um, Shaman Bang. He says, Judge Masipa always emphasize Oscar's remorse, but I'm yet to hear him admitting to his actions and uh, justifying his killing. And um, that's not the one I was looking for. There was one oh, here's the one I was looking for. Melintaba who says, Masipa is proof that you women are a forgiving kind against all odds. Thus you are not needed in such cases. And, and, and it wasn't just against Judge Masipa, as I said. It was against the female journalists as well. Uh, there was an allegation that they were very soft. They they, they went very easy on Oscar in I this think trial. That's very unfair because as a journalist, you can't put your gender into it. Like I'm reporting what's happening in court. It can't be that because I'm a woman now, nah, I need to be extra harsh or, or extra soft or lenient. I'm saying what happened in court. Oscar cried in the dark. Yes, that's what happened. Judge Masipa handed down a six-year sentence. That's what happened. How has my gender and who I am as a person got to do with how I'm doing my job? I think that's a very unfair statement for people to make. A lot of us are working very hard in that court, waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning in order to deliver the news as and when it happens. I think it's unfair for people to look at it. At the end of the day, Court is court and you need to go by what is happening. It's an actuality. It's not like we're writing a drama here. Absolutely. And also, again, why are those same allegations not level against um, the male male journalists? So they're not sympathetic to their male counterpart? I really don't understand where this argument is coming from. Thanks for putting that into context, Norma. But I want to come back to uh, the issue about uh, remorse and and, and people feeling uh, that, you know, Oscar didn't show remorse and the judge saying he did show remorse. Ulrich, how do you actually determine that? Yes, well, um, she she found that immediately after the incident occurred when um, Dr. Stipp arrived, on the scene that his actions and what he said to Dr. Stipp and the way in which he he portrayed himself amounted to showing immediate remorse and that he had made a mistake. Um, She said that it happened so fast after the incident occurred that there's no way that a court could have found that he had any premeditated ideas when he did kill Rivas Tienkamp and that his actions there and his immediate remorse and sorrow that he showed uh, proved to her that this was in fact the case. But that is, it must be separated from, you know, the, the, the remorse which must be shown later. And this is also, I think, a very uh, confusing term uh, to, to, to society out there. You know, did he show remorse or does he just pity himself and, and the, actual, the situation that he finds himself in? Um, you know, I said from the outset, I did not believe that that TV interview which he did uh, did him any favors. I think it was a very bad error in judgment. I also thought that if he had any chance of escaping any jail time uh, in this matter, he was he would have had to testify himself um, during his mitigation of sentence. There was uh, no other person who could show what his true remorse is and what his true uh, state of mind and, and state of being is, uh, you know, following what he did and his actions and whether he truly accepted responsibility for that. So I do think that, um, you know, Judge Masipa uh, might have not portrayed that 100% correctly, in my opinion, because Harry Nell did place it on record that he did 
uh, do a t- a television interview, but yet he couldn't testify in court, which to me was very suspect. But that is one of the, the factors which need to be taken into consideration when sentencing a person is does he accept responsibility for what he's done? Does he show remorse? Is he a person who uh, stands to be rehabilitated? And this was also an important point in her judgment yesterday. She said that uh, she's convinced by the testimony led and by his testimony and his actions that he would not be a repeat offender for such uh, uh, a similar offense such as the one he was convicted of. And that his behavior has shown that he is a person who stands to be rehabilitated. And our law has um, developed over the years to be uh, regarded as more of a rehabilitative law in the sense that when sentencing is handed down, the court must just not just be blinded by retribution and punishment. It must take the rehabilitative factor into account as well and, and to determine whether a person, should he, for whatever crime he has committed, should he be rehabilitated and then integrated back into society at the later stage. And if the court find that there exists such a possibility, the court should hand down a sentence in accordance with that.